I am really excited about announcements today. We've got some cool stuff happening, or that happened yesterday. Um, one thing that's happening right now is Heartwood Church is live streaming today, uh, which we haven't done in several months. Um, and when we did it before, it was pretty bad. It's pretty good now. Um, and so uh, those of our congregation who can't get here because of health, they can. Um, so that's a cool thing that's happening this morning. Let's uh, go to. Check. Okay. Hopefully it will. I don't know what's going on. Let's pray. Lord, today, as we come to your word, we pray that you. Something that we did not expect. That you speak to us in a deep way. And that you change us in a way we didn't expect. We ask this in your name. So, who's the first disciple of Jesus? Mary is the first disciple of Jesus. Mary's life is like trail markers. Remember, our Gospels are about Jesus. They're not about Mary. But Mary shows up every so often like markers on a trail. And we see her spiritual progression as she walks with Jesus. And I look at her life and I ask myself, am I following Jesus? Do I have those same markers in my life? If so, where am I on my journey? Do I have the life of a Jesus follower? So we can catch up. You know, we know that Jesus chooses disciples. Oh, this is killing me. something with technology. So, Jesus chooses disciples and meets them at the core of their being. He did that with Mary. He does that with us. A disciple learns caution with the power of Jesus. Because Jesus both delivers life and he disrupts our life. Jesus guides his followers to a transformed identity. How we see ourselves and how other people might see us is not the same necessarily as how God sees us. And what we'll see today is Jesus always does the will of the Father, but not always what his followers expect. Jesus always does the will of the Father, but not always what his followers expect. Our uh, passage today is in Luke chapter 2. If you want to follow along, it'll also be up on the screen. Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 52. Starting verse 40, it says, The boy, that's talking about Jesus, grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. If you're following along and taking notes, you'll see the first thing. Family of Jesus is child's play. In other words, being part of the family of Jesus is easy. It's child's play. I don't know about any of you others who are parents, but in, at least in my case, the first child is easy. Now, and it's been that way with other people I know. What, I, what I've been told is God makes the first child easy so you'd be willing to have another child. 
Now, it could be the temperament of my child. It could be that the first child gets more undivided attention and not as busy. Um, it could be that with one child, parents still have a level of mobility and freedom. It's easy to take just one child and throw them in the back seat and still do stuff. It's easier to get a babysitter for one child. It could be that the help you get with your first child. You know, our first daughter, she had a particular, she never put anything in her mouth. She'd find a coin on the floor and say, here, so easy. How much easier would it be if your first child was Jesus? Wouldn't that be nice? Child never lies. It says Jesus grew up and he became strong. It's not just talking about physical strength when it says Jesus became strong. It's talking about he became spiritually and mentally strong is what that word is talking about. That's how it's used in the New Testament. That's not used of physical strength ever that I found in the New Testament. It's used about mental strength. It says Jesus was filled with wisdom. So Jesus wasn't just a smart kid. He was had common sense. And God's grace was on Jesus. He had God's favor and God's benefit. And Jesus went to the Passover every year with his family. He participated in their religious life. And at this time, he's 12 years old. So this year they go to the Passover. It says he and his family followed the customs. Not just the customs of the Passover. Passover wasn't the only time that they followed their religious life. It was a time of culmination of their religious life. This was just the time that they actually got to go to the temple, to Jerusalem. They practiced their religion as a family, and Jesus was a part of that. He wasn't the kid that wanted to stay in bed and watch cartoons. He participated Jesus was a good human son and an active participant in religious life. It was easy to be part of Jesus' family. It was easy for them to be his parents. It might not have been as easy to be his brother. <laughs> why can't you be more like Jesus? Well, Mom, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> You know, it's still easy to be a part of Jesus' family. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the invitation to be part of Jesus' family is for everyone. And Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus is looking for children. And James also tells us something. James two seventeen and 19 says, Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. You believe God is one, you do well. The demons also believe, and it makes them afraid. See, it's one of the reasons why I stress how Jesus participated in religious life with his family. It's both faith and loving participation that makes one a part of Jesus' family. Because demons have faith, but they're not part of the family. 
But it's easy. Faith and participation. It's not the participation that saves us, but the participation is the proof that we are saved. It's easy. It's child's play to be part of the family of Jesus. But how old was Jesus at this time? Twelve. Oh, he's a tween. Trouble's coming, right? Got to be. Verse 43. After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find them, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. If you grew up in the 80s like me, you remember Will Smith's first hit? Parents just don't understand. That's what's going on. Parents just don't understand. Understanding of Jesus is confusing. See, being part of the family of Jesus is child's play, but understanding of Jesus, it's confusing. Jesus is lost, or they lost Jesus. Can you imagine losing your child? Can you imagine losing your child knowing they had the cure for cancer in their pocket? They lost their child. The Savior And remember, they had moved around because people had been trying to kill their child. We lost the Messiah. (laughs) Now, they had traveled down to Jerusalem and traveled back as a family or tribe of people. So it was like there was cousins all around and aunts and uncles and all kinds of people. But it took them, they traveled a day out. They had to travel a day back. And it took them a day searching in Jerusalem to find Jesus. Interesting. After three days, they found Jesus in Jerusalem. That's going to happen again. After three days, they find Jesus in Jerusalem. He's in the temple complex having small group with the teachers. He's answering and asking questions. And that would be the way that they would teach in Discord. It wouldn't just be like somebody would ask a question and, and then somebody would give an answer. A really, one of the reasons why the teachers are considering him smart is because they might ask him a question and he turns and asks them a question back to get it deeper. Kind of like what we did in Sunday school last week. If somebody asked me, well, Pastor, what do you think about evolution? Instead of just spouting out some facts, it might be more productive to say, well, do you think human 
life needs to have a purpose? So they're throwing these questions back and forth, and the, the teachers are amazed at, at his thinking. People are amazed at his ability, at his questions and answers, but Mary and Joseph aren't worried about his... Uh, they know he grows in wisdom. His parents are astonished. It means they're mentally blown away. They're just, like, shocked. But not at his questions and answers. Mary maybe feels mistreated. Definitely feels anxious. She feels, like, in torment and distress. She was worried. Says, Jesus, don't you know there have been people that are trying to kill you ever since you were a baby? You're our good kid. And they just don't understand why he did this and put them through all this anguish. Jesus isn't doing what they expect. Now, I'm from Northern California. And if you and I took a vacation to Northern California, say we were staying in my hometown, if you wanted to go to Fisherman's Wharf, so you say, Paul, I want to go to Fisherman's Wharf. Um, give me directions so I can drive there in my car. I would give you the easiest directions to get there. From my town, I'd say, okay, Get on Highway 780 going west. That freeway ends at Interstate 80. Get on Interstate 80 going west. That will take you straight to Fisherman's Wharf. But there's other ways to go. See, if you had said... Paul, will you take me to Fisherman's Wharf? I looked up, and you said, I looked up on uh, my phone, and it says all we have to do is get on 780 West and then get on 80 West and right there. Say, sure, I'll take you to Fisherman's Wharf. But I'd probably take you away you wouldn't expect because Interstate 80 has the most traffic. That's how everybody commutes to San Francisco. And Jesus doesn't do what his disciples expect. He didn't do what Mary and Joseph expected that day. The teachings that we read of Jesus just before the sermon. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus said, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to die and rise again. They didn't get that, even when he said it plainly. But Jesus knew his goal, even if other people didn't know the path. See, I shouldn't always expect Jesus to do what I expect. Jesus always does the will of the Father, not always what I expect. That's the way life is if we think about it. 
I love my children, but they didn't come exactly as I expected. I love being pastor of this church, but this ministry isn't always what I expected. I'm thankful for the new life I have as being part of the family of Jesus. But that life doesn't always go the way I expect. So Jesus asks, why did you search with worry? It's okay to search, but why did you worry? He says, I always do the will of the Father. And Jesus doing the will of the Father is not just good for Jesus, it's good for everyone. But Mary and Joseph are still confused. They're just like his disciples when he tells them he's going to die and rise again. They just don't get it. Jesus says, don't you know I'm always doing God's will? See, what Mary and Joseph's response is kind of like, no, we thought as your parents, you'd be doing our will. Boy, that's me. Maybe that's you. So you'd say, Paul, I thought you were going to take me to Fisherman's Wharf the way Google Maps said we should go. See, Google Maps isn't going to tell you that just 10 minutes away from our house is a ferry terminal and we can take a bay cruise right to Fisherman's Wharf. And we won't have to worry about traffic or tolls or parking the car. Or if we want to take our car, we could take a series of different freeways, 780 to 680 to 24, through the tunnel. I'll take you through the Oakland Hills. We'll get there. We'll get there faster. See, as I worked on the sermon, you know, I could think, I thought, I'm the pastor of this local church. Thought you'd do things my way, Jesus. I'm the husband and father of my family. I thought you'd do things my way, Jesus. I thought as someone who takes care of my body, you'd do things my way, Jesus. I thought as someone who is responsible that you'd do things my way, Jesus. I thought as someone who's a college graduate that you'd do things my way, Jesus. I must think a lot of myself and very little of Jesus. See, Jesus always is who he is. He's the I am. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. But that doesn't mean he's always just going to do what I expect. Isaiah 43.19 says, Behold, I will do something new. It will spring forth, and you won't be aware of it. I will make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Who does that? See, Jesus is easy to find and yet unpredictable. 
but he knows where he's going. He has a determined and fixed goal. Jesus said of Herod in Luke thirteen thirty two, Go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I reach my goal. He says, I know where I'm going, and I'm going to be doing stuff. See, I can rely on Jesus to always keep his promises. But I shouldn't expect Jesus to always fulfill his promises in the manner of my own choosing. Jesus always does the will of the Father, not always what his followers expect. See, if God always does exactly what I expect, either I have gained an exceptional Christ-likeness, or my view of God and salvation on Jesus is way too small. So it ends, verse 51 and 52. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. See, the last thing, growing with Jesus is certain. It's absolutely going to happen. See, even though Mary didn't understand, Jesus walked with her. He met her right where she was. A parent with a son. He went back and was obedient. And Mary kept thinking on it while Jesus continued to grow and meet more people at the core of their being. See, it's easy to be part of the family of Jesus. Jesus will walk with you and grow with you in your new life. But Jesus will also blow your mind in unexpected ways. For a follower of Jesus, Jesus is changeless, but he's also confusing. So do you trust him? Let's pray. Psalm 63 says, God, you are my God, and I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. But like Mary, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Your love is better than life, so my lips will give you glory. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you, and on my bed I will remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. Lord, today we don't know the path that you will take us on, but we know it will be exciting. But most importantly, we know the goal and the guide, one who is trustworthy. So we put our trust in you today to enjoy the journey. 
Or if I can trust you with my eternal soul, I can surely trust you with my life now. Let us treasure these things in our heart as Mary did. And we ask this in your name. Amen.